the ability to control such a powerful urge through conscious will makes you a very much a stronger man. Um, Because most guys just allow that themselves to roll right out over that hill. There's no option. But if you're the kind of guy that can get right there on the razor's edge and be like, "Uh uh-uh, this is my word. I'm not doing this. Like there's, there's deeper benefits than maybe even just the retention of the semen itself. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. Check it out today. We've got our resident doctor, Dr. A, Dr. B, whatever you want to say, Dr. Balduzzi, AB, as I call him. Uh, He's back to talk about focus and discipline and seasonality of life. Before we get rolling on that, remember what I tell you every time, right? First thing is the mission. Mission that we're on here is to elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose so they can reveal their most authentic self and they can live the most fulfilling and regret-free life possible. Powerful. It's really powerful. And if you are not living the most fulfilling and regret-free life possible, do this. One, you're listening to our free resource, which is the podcast, right? The content is, is freaking key. It's powerful. It's awesome. It's deep. And it's purposeful. The second free resource is the community, the Men on Purpose community on Facebook. If you're not a part of that yet, be a part of that. Push pause on this. Go take action. People who are on purpose take action fast when they know that something's going to help them. Go to Facebook, type in the Men on Purpose community, and sign up. It's free. You got nothing to lose and everything to gain because we're doing content in there. We're doing Q&A sessions in there. Uh, we're doing some coaching in there. We're giving a ton of content. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best and it's free. It's totally free. So the mental purpose community, this podcast, those are your free resources for right now. We're going to come up with more. Don't worry. Um, and the mission that we're on is freaking awesome. I'm so proud of everything that we've done with this. I'm so proud of you guys. Thankful and grateful for you guys listening and supporting us and keeping us as a top 1% podcast in the world. Can't thank you enough. Um, but you're here for a reason. So get your pen and paper out because this one's going to be important, just like all of them are. And that's my intention is to make sure that you have a, 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 a notepad filled with things that you heard that res- register with you and resonate. And then maybe circle one or two things that actually are action items for you that you're going to take. Now, you know, Dr. Ray, if you have listened to this podcast before and heard Dr. Ray, this guy is a plethora, and I mean plethora is a light word for him, a plethora of information, professional to the nth degree, and knows his stuff. So today, one of the things that I was talking to him about and just a personal conversation was focus. And I feel like during this season of my life, I feel not as focused as I'd like to be. So the question to him was, Should I go to uh, a stimulant? Should I go to an Adderall? Should I go to a nootropic? Is there a tea I can drink? Is there a natural way? And so he's going to break that down. He's got a three-step cycle. We're going to go through it. It's easy too, and it's natural. Three steps, okay? One, two, three. We're going to talk about discipline and integrity. Like With everything we make commitments to, you've got to have discipline, and you've got to have integrity to the commitments that you make. We're going to talk about dopamine and social media and sexual energy and attention and orgasms and breaking habits and building new ones and knocking down dominoes. We're going to talk about those nootropics. If you don't know what that is, you're going to find out at the end. He talks about nootropics in, in pretty good detail. We're going to talk about stimulants and coffees and distractions that we use to take us out of our lives and how detrimental that can be in the long run. 
We're going to talk about sleep patterns and nutrition and exercise and movement, just like we do with each of these, but every time it's going to be different. So you ready? You should be, because this is a really good one. I took a ton of notes like I do on every one because I'm a consumer too. I'm finding out stuff and I'm, I'm asking questions that I want to know. And I know that you guys want to know too. So here we go. Dr. Balduzzi, we're going to talk about focus. All right, A.B., it's A, B, because every time I say it with Aaron on, I'm like, all right, A, B. <laughs> you know, funny enough, um, I was given the nickname A, B. I had a teacher in the fourth grade, which was, you know, I was around nine at the time. This was the year my dad died. And my teacher's name was Mr. Fernandez. And he gave me this nickname, A, B. And for whatever reason, like that gave me a lot of comfort, maybe like an early identity. And so it yeah. stuck. <clears throat> yeah, and it right. stuck. And, and my, my mom would call me A, B. So A, B it is. Maybe it is, you know, now that we, I mean, we, we knew each other very well before we met in Scottsdale, but now that we've met each other in person and done infrared saunas and cold plunges together, yeah, <laughs> like it's a B instead of Dr. A yes. Or Dr. B. So whatever, whatever uh, flavor they, yeah, I love it. Whatever flavor. So, um, all right, today we're talking about focus. We're talking about brain health. We're talking, mean, there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today, but one of them is going into uh, this episode will be like the beginning of maybe like the end of November, beginning into December. And as we go into the end of the year, 2021, people are constantly asking me and I'm asking myself, like, how do I get that fire in my brain? Like, how do I get that ultimate focus that that like intensity that I am used to, but starts to waver every once in a while and we're going to give the telltales, the symptoms, the precursors, the information, the understanding, the, all the things with food and sleep and all the different supplements that affect it and can help it. So this yep. is going to be action-packed, power-packed, information-packed. It's like unwrap this whole thing. Yeah, sounds good. I think yep. the first thing to open this conversation with is to recognize that performance and our focus – is something that has a seasonality to it. There are certain times when things are cranking and there are certain times when things are slower. And recognizing that off the bat, I believe is super important because a lot of us get frustrated when we're in like the trough period. But from my understanding of, of health and looking at nature, this is the cycle of nature. Things bloom in the spring come to their peak in the summer and then wilt in the fall and go into a dormant phase and recycle. And, and the human, the human body and, and mechanism is into intimately connected with, with these cycles. And so we have these highs and these lows. And a lot of it is actually tied to seasonal stuff. Like mm -hmm. there is, we've heard of the term like seasonal depression. Certainly people that live in very cold, dark places, like not as much sunlight, you're not getting much vitamin D, you're not quite as active. So this is kind of like baked into the rhythm of our lives. So if we are in a period right now where, we're feeling like things are not, you know, just how we'd want them in terms of performance. We need to look at some of the things that we can do, um, what might be going on with some of these telltale signs to, to start to make some, some simple tweaks and unravel this stuff. And I believe this is important as well, because we have a culture here in, you know, Western culture where you have a problem and immediately it's like, oh, I got to get some external help. I got to go to my doctor. I got to Google MD, these kinds of things. And, and look, the resources are great. But the power of, I think, you know, a man on purpose that, that has this, some of the stuff dialed in 
has the self-awareness to look at, look internally and be like, okay, what's really, what do I intuitively feel like is off right now? Is it my circadian rhythm? You know, am I, am I actually sleeping right? I think that'd be like the first question I would ask myself is like, is my sleep good? And is there something of a disturbance there? Because whenever we're looking at improving health and energy, you want to always fix things as high upstream as possible. And sleep is upstream. It's like when the circadian rhythm is right, it controls this whole concert of, of hormones and this neurochemical cascade. So if we work on the upstream stuff, you're going to get better results than let's say working on the more downstream stuff, which a lot of people think is like, man, maybe I'm just missing my vitamins. Maybe I need something like, you know, another supplement. These are downstream factors, not to say we won't deploy these because they're helpful, but we always start with like the upstream stuff. So start to look at circadian rhythm and sleep. Are there improvements to be made there? If so, what are those? Second thing we look at is nutrition. Like what is the fuel and, and, and particularly like, how's your digestion been? Have you been having weird stools? Are you bloated? Are you feeling tired after meals? Have you been eating different things that are not off your normal? Because when we look at energy, um, a couple of factors when it comes to nutrition are very important to understand. The stability of your energy comes down to the stability of your blood sugar. You don't want to have big blood sugar swings in, in, in either way, too high or too low. And oftentimes, I, I think particularly during this time we're getting into the fall and the winter, people are starting to eat more sugar because there's these kind of treats around the house, whether it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas cookies and stuff like this. And, and this could have subtle effects on blood sugar where it's not, just, it's not just the fact that you get this blood sugar spike, but it's also the neurochemistry changes that happen when you do that. You get a, bit of, a little bit of release of some serotonin and dopamine which honestly might make you a little more impulsive later in the day. And then, and then you start to get on this neurochemical roller coaster where we want the steadiness. So we look at nutrition as, as a second factor. I think the third factor we look at is movement. It's kind of counterintuitive, but like the more we move and, and expend energy with these bodies, the actual more energy we do have. And I think a lot of times people get stressed because they're in a busy time. Sleep gets thrown off. Then they stop moving. And then maybe as a way to cope with stress, you start to eat bad foods. This is like the domino effect that happens with a lot of people. And so there's many ways to unwind it. But one is to introduce, if you're feeling like you're kind of burnt out, strung out, introduce low intensity activity, things like walking, steady state cardio, ideally outside where you're breathing through your nose. We want to prioritize restorative forms of exercise when we feel like the nervous system is out of balance. And the way you can tell your nervous system is out of balance, um, the more objective ways is to track your morning heart rate um, on a fairly regular basis and maybe take your pulse in the morning and you can see that your pulse will be much faster than normal, um, which means you're in a more sympathetic fight or flight dominant state. And that's going to be a good, a good indicator for sure. If you wear any of these trackable things like an aura ring or a whoop, they'll give you other variables like heart rate variability is something that you can look at as well. But you can also just tell, are you reaching for coffee and stimulants in the morning to get going? Are you feeling just like totally zonked out, afternoon energy crashes, depressed mood, and just like mood swings and some irritability? These are signs that the nervous system is out of balance. Um, and I think a good way to think about this is when we're burning hot in one area of life, it's kind of like the yang energy. We need to balance it out with more restorative yin energy. And this is the flux. It's like a dynamic thing we're always working on. So it's got to always be a counterbalance because I, yes. I know so many people that are, I mean, look, we don't ever consider coffee an addiction or, mm -hmm. a, a, or put a negative connotation to the coffee addiction. But mm -hmm. I see more addicts in my daily life 
that like then that is comfortable if you think about it most people that i interact with must have coffee before 8 a.m must have it obviously chemical dependency in some capacity right the yes. brain and body and cells are used to it but how how two things one is how detrimental is that to the nervous system and just to the system in general um for that 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 false um I don't know what you would call it. False stimulus, not false yeah. stimulant, but I know not, what you mean. It's not- borrowed energy in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So one of the interesting things in ways that coffee works is in the brain, one of the ways our brain, our brain and our cells produce energy is they, we use this thing called ATP. We've heard of that in some of these classes, adenosine triphosphate. And when we use ATP, it breaks down into ADP. We just use some of these phosphate groups and, 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 and there's now one less phosphate on there. What coffee does is it actually uh, an ADP when, we, when that's floating around, that means we've used a lot of ATP, more ADP, the, the sense the sensors in the brain that say there's a lot of ADP means we're using a lot of energy. ADP can make us tired at night. So what coffee can do is actually block the sense of ADP. So it's like your, your body has is tired, but it's almost like blocking those effects. Plus it stimulates that nervous system to increase blood pressure, increase heart rate, and give you like a, a feeling of some energy. Now, I think the research is pretty clear that you can live a long, healthy life enjoying coffee all the time. And I actually, I actually think it's also clear that there's a lot of beneficial compounds in different types of coffees that are antioxidant, have other different health effects. When you look at these things, you must look them in the overall context of your life. If you have a nervous system that's like strung out and dependent on this, then it's not a good thing. If you're an athlete that is balanced and restored and you're using coffee before workouts for a little added boost and like fatigue resistance and increased fat burning, totally great. It's like with all of these stuff, it's like the dose makes the poison and what's the overall concert. I think if someone's having a couple cups of coffee, one, two cups of coffee, and you feel good, you're sleeping well, and you're waking up feeling relatively refreshed, coffee can be a part of your life. Now I'll, I'll say this, and this is where I think an interesting thing that people should be t- paying attention to as it relates to energy. We all have food allergies, unique food allergies for us. And I know you know this intimately. You just got a ton of labs and we can talk about that in a second. Uh, my mom and I have an allergy to coffee. When I drink coffee, I will get mucus production in my nose and my throat. And so for oh, wow. me, even though there are performance benefits of, of caffeine and coffee itself, it's not something that I want to do because it's creating mucus and some inflammation in my body, yeah. although I do like how it feels. I think if someone is drinking coffee, um, the Dave Asprey Bulletproof um, can actually be a good thing. For whatever reason, mixing those fats in with a caffeine kind of like smooths out that uh, the, the, the high stimulation and it makes it a little more of like a, a longer term thing. Uh, with nutrition, this is just kind of a truism as a side note, fat slows down everything in a good way. You eat a, a very sugary meal, you add some fat, it slows down and kind of time releases stuff. So I would say this, if, if, if you are dependent on coffee, it's good to actually take tolerance breaks a couple times a year, you know, take a week off, understand yeah. that you will go through withdrawal symptoms and just make sure these things don't necessarily rule your physiology. But if, if you, you can have coffee in your life and be healthy. What is it that you're allergic to? Is it the coffee compound or is it the caffeine? It's really tough. It's not the caffeine because I can take caffeine from other sources. It's something in the bean itself. And it's tough to pinpoint exactly because there are so many different compounds in coffee. It's like the stuff that smells really good, like coffee and chocolate. Like they have all these, like probably hundreds, if not thousands of different compounds in there. So not quite sure. But I think this is something I'd like to bring up is in relation to the food and energy connection. 
start to pay attention to the foods that cause your body to produce mucus. There was, uh, there, there was a, like an old school diet approach um, that was very popular a couple hundred years ago, maybe a hundred years ago, called like the mucusless diet. And the kind of premise here is that the immune system is distributed throughout the entire body, but largely it's distributed in the digestive tract and on the skin and, and, and through these, through any channel where we're being exposed to like the external world. So it makes sense when we're eating stuff and breathing stuff, the immune cells would line that. Well, when the immune system encounters something it doesn't like, one of its main things is it produces mucus extra mucus because it wants to bind up that stuff. Same thing that happens if we get a virus in our nose. We, we have a runny nose and mucus. Foods do this to us as well. So if you can notice what kind of foods you eat that mucus production happens afterwards, there's likely some low-level food allergy. You know, you don't, not the kind of allergy that like will throw you into shock and you go to the hospital, but these low-grade food allergies are what tax the system. Um, and I think they're even more insidious and, and something that's good to figure out. The common allergens for many people, dairy, very, very big one. Uh, I'd say soy, eggs, corn, um, you know, different kinds of like milk proteins, as I mentioned, but it could be all different sorts of foods, but like, look at yeah. what is causing you mucus production or GI upset, bloating after the fact, poor stools. If you can identify those foods and get them out, oftentimes what happens is the body's energy you know, increases pretty automatically. And that's why we can't just say this is a healthy food. This is not a healthy food because like yeah. for you, for example, like berries and some stuff like this, like may not jive <laughs> with your system. Right. Who would have thought? Yeah. And avocados. Right. Like classic, like things that classic superfoods. Super super yeah. Right. Right. How does somebody, you know, like th what we're talking about is being on purpose. It's discipline. It's making commitments and sticking to them. So for somebody that says, all right, I know I'm getting, I'm having an issue and I'm craving, I'm craving the stimulation every morning. And so it's just a, just a cycle that you're going through every mm -hmm. single day. You know, that in the morning, you're going to, you're going to prop yourself up with some kind of stimulation that's going to need another stimulation later on um, or another dose. How does somebody qu not quit, but take that break and, um, and actually, deal with the, the, the symptoms and the consequences that come from, you know, somebody who's drinking a couple of cup, cups of coffee a day to cold turkey quit, or do you mm -hmm. just tone it down, tailor it down? I think it's kind of based on our unique personalities. Um, like some people are like the, the all in extreme, like let's go cold turkey. And, and I think that's great. Other people are a little more of a gradual approach, regardless of, of which one of those someone listening to this falls into, I would suggest that the place to start is getting a lot more regimented about a good evening routine and getting to bed like an hour, hour and a half earlier. And really just dialing that aspect in, getting off the tech earlier and really getting some good restorative sleep. I would probably introduce some melatonin and magnesium into, into the system. Melatonin, because not just because it helps regulate circadian rhythm, it's actually anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, very powerful for brain health. Um, and we produce it on our own uh, but supplemental melatonin for, for short spurts can be helpful. Um, and magnesium too. Magnesium is a very powerful mineral that most people aren't getting enough of in their nutrition. Um, and it's actually very relaxing and calming for the nervous system. So I would start to focus on if every day during the week, you could get maybe like get to bed like an hour earlier, you're accumulating over the course of seven, like five days, five extra hours of sleep, which is, which is not inconsequential. And maybe on the weekends, yeah. you get even more sleep. We got to start to there's a sleep researcher who's a friend of mine, and she talks about two kinds of, of sleep debt, short-term sleep debt, long-term sleep debt. 
And long-term sleep debt is mean you've been sleep deprived for maybe like a decade. You've just been running long and hard. And what she basically says from her research is that when you have long-term sleep debt, like you're kind of creating some damage to the body and the system that can't be undone. But short-term sleep debt can be repaid, but the key, key word here is repaid. So we must work on accumulating sleep. And she actually prescribes to people who are looking to reset their nervous system. She sends them to sleep vacations, checks them into hotels, like dark rooms. And like, literally you just sleep, you sleep until you sleep until you're, you're waking up naturally and you're like, and you're good to go. And the system has been restored. We have a culture that's burning it hot on both ends. So I think as men who want to perform, taking the restorative side of this equation more seriously is probably the, the, the better place to focus than adding more high intensity workouts on top of things like high intensity workouts, in my opinion, are more like a privilege that you introduce when you have a system that's like functioning really well. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you, you say that and it, and it makes perfect sense to you and I in our mindsets today. However, me five years ago, that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It was round the clock, burn it all. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We can sleep when we die. That kind of like just kind of negative way of thinking or really not serving way of thinking. And the thing that I'm wondering is, like from what you said in the beginning about seasonality, um, when people say, oh, you know, I got to crank it, crush it. I got to do this, got to do this. Like, I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time to slow down. I got to build this. I mean, I think about that same thing. Our businesses are scaling. There's more and more people coming through our, our programs and our coaching. And I, I'm doing more and more podcast episodes. And I also want to balance or counterbalance time with my family. And one of the things that I talked to you about before we started today was my focus is just off. My attention mm -hmm. span is just, it's, it's really off seasonally. It's off. Maybe not mm -hmm. season like fall, but just the season of my life, it's off. And I, you got to pay attention to that. So what is the detriment when people do not pay attention and listen to their bodies, keep putting in those, those uh, artificial stimulations or stimulants, keep crunching that hit workout keep crushing five hours of sleep. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. how, how is that affecting them long or even short term? Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about this. And I also want to talk about some neurochemistry stuff too, some dopamine stuff that, that yeah. I would also use in this approach to kind of reset the, the brain. Um, you mentioned something interesting. And I think when, when you're in your like twenties, maybe even early thirties, you have the capacity to get away with more of this stuff. The older you get, yeah. the margin for error just simply gets smaller and the body can't handle quite as much of this. Now, when we're pushing it really hard and when we are taking stimulants to, to really crank the system up, what we're doing is we're, we're dumping in um, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline. These are, are very powerful compounds. Um, they make us pain resistant. They get us like excited and fired up and, and like maybe even a little angry, but they also suppress the immune system because in the body's perspective, um, short-term stress is always the priority. Like, Okay. So you have, let's say you have a tumor in your liver and you're being chased by a saber tooth tiger. Like the body's like, let's jack up the cortisol and the adrenaline and let's get out of here. The problem is those chemicals that you're dumping into the blood, uh, they suppress immune function. So over the long haul, what ends up happening is when people can keep on like riding this thing out, the blood pressure creeps up. Oftentimes you can come down with some kind of illness. It's like, man, I caught the flu and it just wrecked me for a month. Whereas with a robust system, maybe that would have been just like a, a one, two, two day thing or something like that. So the price will be paid. It'll often be paid later. Um, and the other thing that's very, that is very powerful about this is the body will find ways through craving to cope with the stress. 
and oftentimes one of the body's main mechanisms is sugar cravings. When you are under stress, your body's like, let's store some energy and not just that let's store Let's, let's get good tasting stuff, very high sugar, high energy stuff, because this body's under stress. And I want to pack on fat because I want to be able to survive this thing. And I also get this really nice neurochemical hit when I get these, these sugary things and it's kind of an addiction. So what happens is I think a lot of people are stressed are going to turn to more late night eating more sugary stuff throughout the day, more caffeine, which at the end, what does that affect the circadian rhythm, which ends up being like this, this feedback loop where these things start to reinforce themselves for someone who wants to reset. Um, I'm, I, I would say here's, here's some, here's some real practical stuff. Our attention is not simply dictated by our energy, our sugar, and some of these things we're going to talk about, but also by the balance of these neurochemicals of dopamine and serotonin. Um, and dopamine is one I want to talk about a lot because it's the kind of, um, it's, it's an anticipatory neurotransmitter that gives us this feeling of low, le- low level anxiety and excitement. The brain releases dopamine in anticipation of reward. The brain releases serotonin when we get rewards and it also gives us some social bonding. So I would really detox completely off things that tax dopamine if you want to get your focus back, which means social media fast for sure, which means getting all things like porn, masturbation out of your life. This is a conversation a lot of guys don't want to have, but like these kinds of things go hand in hand with this kind of like stretched out, stimmed out mind that that has dysregulated neurotransmitters, like all that stuff got to go. And if that stuff does go, you'll find that you're already going to start to feel a lot better. Just look at threads of, of guys who, who get off social media or get off, um, you know, the porn masturbation stuff. And they're like, I have so much energy. Like, <laughs> I feel like the Hulk, like, where was this 10 years ago? You know, and, and this is because the way we experience it, particularly with attention is when we're constantly seeking a next dopamine hit and the brain gets addicted because it's in a low dopamine state because we're constantly taxing those receptors. What's it going to do? It's going to continue to look for stimulation. Right. But when you have balanced neurotransmitters, you have the ability to really focus and sit on things for a longer period of time. So that's just a really, obviously it's a bad, it's a vicious, bad cycle. Yes. Cutting it. Like when you say, I'm, and I've done this actually, uh, in 2019, it, January 1st, 2019, I read, uh, the way of the superior man. Yeah. And in there he talks about, uh, masturbation and uh, um, and release of the energy of an orgasm and that kind of thing. And then I read uh, Thinking Grow Rich with sexual transmutation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, there's two things that I need here. One is I need to focus energy because, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to build up my, I was getting ready to build my real estate business with, you know, this partner that I had back then. And I had just hired all these people and like, I needed to really focus because, the partner was just out there. Um, but the other thing was, and this is interesting that when I tell people, they're like, Oh, I never thought about that. I, my relationship with my wife wasn't the best it could be. Mm -hmm. Right. And our sex life wasn't the best it could be. And I said to myself, I'm going to make my wife the only option. And I'm not saying that in terms of like uh, girlfriends and Mm -hmm. hookers and things like that. I'm saying, in terms of masturbation and mm-hmm. just taking care of it on my own. When I made that commitment, one, it, it like stopped masturbation altogether just for that, for that exactly what you were talking about. But the other thing was, who do I have, actually have to evolve into? Who do I have to become 
to where my wife is thinking about me in a different manner, sexually or just intimately. And that changed who I was. That, that leveled me up because what I was going into that season, that July, was a partner that stole hundreds of thousands of dollars that needed my my business and my pregnant wife and my three-year-old kid needed my intense focus, energy, and attention on solving the challenge and this kind of uh, crazy war that we were in with a bunch of people coming after us for the money that they were owed by this guy. And so I think, in my honest opinion, stopping those things that drain energy, that yep. just kick those dopamine receptors, I yep. think that saved me. That's not the only thing. I had you know, drive and discipline and, 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 you know, and understanding of systems and processes and negotiation. Totally. However, I think just that fraction helped me over the edge big time. Totally. And it improved my relationship. I mean, yeah. my son's a result of that. <laughs> like, think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I want to even take these even further because you mentioned two things like way a superior man. And you also mentioned yeah. thinking grow rich, sexual transmutation. Well, this is like well-documented in actual like Eastern medicine, Chinese medicine. They believe that the sexual energy stored in the body, they call it Jing, J-I-N-G. And it's like this, this energy that kind of comes from the kidneys and it gives you creative life force. Um, and they actually felt that practicing sex without ejaculating would build up sexual energy in the body and that by ejaculating women would actually take this sexual energy from men. This was their understanding at the time without necessarily knowing some of the specifics we do now with modern science. But the point is nature, these bodies, whether, whether it's a plant or an animal, like are here to like pre reproduce and, in, 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 you know, share DNA and, and get the DNA yeah. to propagate. And it's such an energetically intensive thing for these bodies. And it's like, it's everything. Like you look at a praying mantis, praying mantis mates, and then the female praying mantis eats the male right there. Like it's that <laughs> important. That's the whole game right there. For humans, we have the ability to, to have much more sex, ejaculate a lot more, produce a lot more semen, and we don't get eaten by our partners. But just understand this is nature's way of understanding this is a very key resource that we want to conserve, not just for the dopamine. It just it, it vitalizes the body. Fighters have been doing this for a long time. They know that they, they hold in some of this stuff, and it, it makes them angrier. And it it's, might yeah. be the angst of just wanting to like, Arr! like whatever it least, is, like yeah. that's key when you're in a period where you're feeling depleted. You cannot continue to take every time you're masturbating when you're feeling depleted you're just taking a shovel and you're digging a deeper hole that will you will need crazy. to climb out further you know in the future how does somebody do that like what about the naysayers that say yeah dr a what about getting the poison out for those howard stern fans what about mm -hmm. getting the poison out what about cleaning the pipes what about like you know blue balls or swelling a little bit? like what, what about that kind of thing in a medical sense is that real do you need to clean no, the pipes I mean, every once in a while yeah i mean they if, if there's uh, full transparency. I've read Think and Grow Rich, and I started getting very much into some of these some of these practices um, yeah. in my twenties. There was one year where I didn't ejaculate for an entire year. So I'm still here. You know, when I did, it was like it was really good to clean stuff out. But um, and I had a girlfriend at the time, and we had sex. I just didn't ejaculate. Um, Interesting. Without getting so to that's the, transmutation. Yeah, for sure. And you could feel that. You know, right when right when you're on the edge. Of, of wanting to ejaculate, you can feel that and you will like, it's this, this climax moment. You can actually feel pause, yeah. do whatever. There's tons of stuff online you can look at, whether it's Kegel exercises, squeezing this, right. slowing your breath, whatever it is. But what I did find is that was one of the most productive periods of my life. And also as a, as a man who's on purpose and high performance, 
the ability to control such a powerful urge through conscious will makes you a very much a stronger man. Um, Because most guys just allow that themselves to roll right out over that hill. There's no option. But if you're the kind of guy that can get right there on the razor's edge and be like, "Uh uh-uh, this is my word. I'm not doing this. Like there's, there's deeper benefits than maybe even just the retention of the semen itself. I mean, there's a, there's an integrity piece there. And I think there's a, um, at least for me, that year was, was, uh, I I practiced that. I like, Mm -hmm. and, and let me ask you a question. Is it full release like ejaculation or just no orgasm general. Like I, I'm talking the orgasm that's described in, uh, mm-hmm. in um, way of the superior man about like keeping it in as you orgasm and going up the spine. Is, yep. is that what you're talking about? Or you just stopped? Well, I, I would, I would not, I, I didn't get to the point of, of actually having that the up the spine orgasm that they're talking about where you're still retaining semen, yep. you're moving the energy up the spine. Like that's certainly a practice. That being said, even like if you didn't orgasm, but you still were just like pushing that edge, every time you're pushing yeah. that edge in a big way, it is, it is definitely playing on those dopamine receptors, which again, is not a problem in context. But if you're someone who's depleted, like it's definitely something you want to avoid. And it's not just that like the sex is, is something we can talk about, but I think the social media is even the more insidious thing, like, you know, or yeah. just the training ourselves to be distracted based on platforms that are designed to distract us, like that's a pretty dangerous game. We're kind of running into all the time, especially a lot of us use social media for business. So it's a, it's a complicated thing to, to navigate for sure. But if someone's looking to reset, I think that's, that's definitely key areas to look into. But aren't these things that we're talking about social media posting and looking for the responses Mm -hmm. who likes me, who loves me today, who wants me, who accepts me and having an orgasm based on I'm going to have sex to get off. Mm -hmm. It's the same vicious cycle that, so many guys come to me about which is i'm just chasing the next thing man i'm chasing the next check the next deal i'm not satisfied or fulfilled with anything my deals have to get bigger like i'm stepping out on my wife i'm not talking to my kids like this is the same cycle it's all the same shit just masked in different ways yes it's the sugar cravings when you're stressed Mm -hmm. it's it's seeking out a partner or masturbation just to get that result out Mm -hmm. um it's all distraction tactics, but it also is a real bad vicious cycle because you've, you've been, you're literally training yourself in every moment of your life to expect a result and outcome. And when the outcome doesn't happen, most people get really pissed off or down on themselves or totally whatever the negative is. And so I think what we're talking about here is breaking the general cycle of setting yourself up for the next, the next, the next, the next, the outcome, yes. the outcome, the outcome. Yes. And I think even, even baked into that, as I'm hearing you speak, and I agree with all of that is the idea that when you're in that perspective point, it's all about me. It's, it, it is a, it is a completely selfish perspective point because it's like, I'm looking for my orgasm or my next big deal or this and this there's a chasing to gain something personally. And what I find is I think the most powerful men often start off in that, in that mindset. Cause I think it's something that we, we all kind of go through. Um, but you can evolve into a place of more solidity and like in service. So if like you have it, like it's, a, it's like you're gaining cause you don't feel like you have enough or there is a craving for more experience. But when you have this kind of like charged up battery from all the things we've kind of discussed, then honestly, part of the pleasure ends up becoming like the giving and the service and the, and the spreading of that power. And I think that's the shift that ultimately takes people from being good 
to being like phenomenal. The kind of people that change the world, I believe, get into this, this next mode of being. Um, but you have to have the battery for it, right? You got to be charged up and then, and then you can be of true service. Yeah. The discipline, like I told you, you know, back in August when uh, my doctor here said, I need you to go a week and a half with no food. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, you're moving at that same time. Oh, and by the way, you're going I, I, and you're going to stop TRT. So your emotions are going to be wow. a little crazy, your hormones. And I said, uh, fuck it. Let's do it all at once. Like mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, I'm not going to melt down. I have discipline. I'm not going to melt down. I mean, I might be a little emotional, a little, little hormonal, but I'm not going to melt down. Um, it was, it was interesting because I just tapped into a different section of my mind. Like I, dude, I could, I could crush a bag of, of uh, vegan or um, paleo cookies right now. Crush that thing. The whole thing. I eat one. I'm done. I'm eating the whole bag. But if you said don't eat for three weeks, no problem. I got mm-hmm. it because you're ta- just tapping into a different, a different source of energy. It's yeah. much higher level, much higher power where I it's see purpose there's not driven. an outcome. Yeah. You see yeah, a bigger vision than, than the short term yeah. stuff. And this is why yeah. like I've gotten so big over the last few years on meditation too, because yeah. the practice of, of sitting down and just observing the mental activity without like binding and attaching to it helps you create yeah. that space between stimulus and response that can give you freedom. Because when when you're in that moment of, of having a craving, most guys just like allow their minds to merge to that craving. You become the craving. Yep. You become like, there's yep. no choice but to get this thing. But you, like you said, what you said perfectly is like, you will know you're observing the fact that you're experiencing cranky emotions as a byproduct <laughs> yeah. of the choices you're making, but you're not merged with those emotions. They're just existing and you know they're temporary. I think this is yep. kind of a, an aspect of our minds that when we start to train this mental side of things, it makes us less reactive. And I guarantee it's rebalancing, you know, the neurotransmitters. Like I don't have the exact scientific study, but it is. And we, yeah. we know this meditation practice is, is increasing neuron neural growth and it's, it's making us less reactive in our day to day, which is going to influence all this stuff. I think the man in, in the 21st century who can balance his neurochemistry and his nervous system is the most powerful man because it's only getting worse guys. Like, okay, give, give, give the big tech billionaires another 10 years to come out with virtual reality, augmented reality, throw your damn Facebook on glasses that are throwing ads at you all the time, and let alone all the AI tech that's going to come out and disrupt our jobs. Like the man that has this nervous system and neurochemical balance is the man that can, that can shape his own future and, and retain autonomous. And, and those that don't develop these skills now are going to be sucked into this immersive world where you're being farmed for your attention, your data, your whim to whatever these platforms are. And that's a scary, bad place that I don't want people to go to. No, but a man on purpose separates himself from that. Yes. And listen, don't get me wrong. I, I had I had some huge emotional swings. My My house in Baltimore was a very safe haven, very safe place for me. I felt like I was losing my safe place in the world. So mm-hmm. you had that on top of everything. Did I let that get the best of me? hundred percent. I let it get the best of me. I saw myself heading down the hill with, with no brakes on this train. And I like, I let it roll. I didn't check the brakes when I knew I should have I threw out a bunch of shit that I probably shouldn't have thrown out, but mm-hmm. turns out I didn't need it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that it's perfect that you just flip these modes and everything's great. I'm saying that like I had vegan ice cream last night, probably shouldn't have done that at 10 o'clock, but everybody, we were all going out and I thought, you know, whatever, I'm going to do it. It was a conscious choice mm-hmm. dealing with the consequences today mm-hmm. and just 
just just my type of sleep because I had sugar at ten o'clock at night. And I didn't get to bed till one a.m. Mm-hmm. So it was just a it was a um, it was a succession of choices that made up to my morning not being the best it could be. Not waking up at five, not doing my journaling, not doing the morning routine, just happens. But, but that was that a conscious choice. choice, and that's fine, totally. right? I mean, you totally. chose that consciously, and you knew the repercussions that could happen, and they have, and that's good to go. That is a much different scenario than people who are just compelled into these 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 deep, dark hells of these loops that we get caught into. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I've been there on many different fronts. So what is some so someone who's sitting in their car or working out at the gym right now or doing whatever they're doing, listening to this, somebody is saying, yeah, well, you guys are different. You guys, you know, you have this business and you know discipline or you practice it forever. How does somebody get rolling right now who says, man, I'm a slave to coffee, cigarettes, um, other stimulations. I'm on Facebook freaking 10 hours a day. Every week, my phone says, oh, why? Hey, your your usage increased by 62% this week. And here are the apps that you used, you know, your social media is up, Mm -hmm. Uh, which by the way, tracking that, like you got to track things. So when you track that, your phone does it for you. When you track that and you see that your social media is up, just change that. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're cognizant, set a timer. If you want to get on social media, 20 minutes. So how does somebody start right now with, okay, you guys, what you guys are talking about. I like that, that being able to shift into this, like really focused mode where you have this ultimate discipline and integrity to your commitment. How does somebody just start that in your opinion? In my opinion, it's, it's f- it. finding your dojo. And that's going to be the particular domain of your life right now. Maybe the one area that we've talked about that really resonates with you. Maybe it's the food, maybe it's the movement, maybe the social media, maybe the porn masturbation. It's like to find that one area and make a sacred commitment for the next 30 days. Like put your word and your integrity on this thing. One area, don't do too much too fast because what you're doing though is by just focusing on this one area, it's not just that you're improving this one domain, you're developing the meta skill of improving your discipline and your willpower through conscious choice. And guess what happens? You work on one dojo, one area for the next 30 days. The other areas are going to naturally improve to a certain extent. Yeah. But then maybe once you get, you know, once you've gotten out of that, that loop and you've established like a, a, a new habit rhythm on this one area, then you pick another area. It is a gradual process. It, it's, it's like, it kind of stinks that we're talking right now on the back end of 20 years of personal development, uh, because yeah. you know, that's like, yeah it's nice to talk at the top of whatever mountain, but there's always another mountain. And I can speak in my personal experience. It's like, I'm always, you know, looking at different areas that there's sometimes there's backslides and some, but if you can start to clean these up and you no longer have six areas that are out of whack and you only have like 1.5, then you can yeah. really make sure you're cleaning up the mess before the room gets too messy. It's like, you're able to do like more smaller moves than the, like these big altogether moves. Seems to me that there's a certain point where there needs to be big spring cleaning and it probably starts one domain at a time. But once you get things, things cleaned up in your life, then you're just doing more like maintenance stuff. You're going to the dentist yeah. every once in a while and just checking in on things. Yeah. I mean, the, the habit build definitely can start small. It, it, it's a domino effect. Small dominoes lead to the bigger ones. They create momentum to knock the bigger ones down because the big ones like maybe physical health and nutrition seems like the biggest domino to people on that. They're like, how the hell am I going to tackle that thing? But if you woke up and just journaled for 10 minutes every morning and you made that commitment, mm-hmm. now your integrity is starting to be restored. Yep. I'm not going to get on Facebook before 9am. Like that's my commitment. No, no social media before 9am. 
you'll see posts before 9 a.m., but they're scheduled or my team is posting them. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it to them the night before, a week before. I don't want my brain to be wrapped around any of that shit because even though I'm a disciplined human being and structured, I'm still a human that sees dopamine reactions from mm -hmm. different stuff going on or gets dopamine reactions. So small little habit builds or shifts and changes in the, in the small domain, like your morning routine, self-care, like brushing your teeth at the same time each day and honoring that commitment or taking a shower and, uh, and doing some oils and rubbing mm -hmm. them on your body or do whatever mm -hmm. small things will lead to the big things. Yeah. Um, what else can people do as far as like some of the bigger domains, like the food and the nutrition piece that is, you know, I've been studying this for almost 20 years. I'm still challenged and I still call you about so much stuff because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know. And, mm -hmm. and I, and it sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'm like, why the fuck can't I eat a blueberry? It, mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. It's a health food, but mm -hmm. my body says no. Yeah, I'll say I'll answer that question in the context of the discussion we're having right now. I think one of the most important things for people to do is develop like a proactive structured nutrition routine. Like you got to have a meal timing schedule set up. If you don't, food ends up being one of the most consistent ways that you're reactive. And the idea here is to start to be more proactive. So maybe you start intermittent fasting and the one change you make is you don't have, you skip your breakfast. Maybe you have your morning coffee and some water and you don't have your first meal until 11 or noon. That could be an option. Maybe you just regimented your first meal of the day and you have a consistent breakfast. You have lunch around the same time, dinner around the same time. Structure is everything because structure gives us the ability to build momentum. And I think when I'm looking at what does this body require? Well, this body requires <laughs> consistent food and consistent water and consistent breathing. Like, so I want to double down on those things because those are the things you're going to face every single day and it can build tremendous momentum. So even as simple as establishing a meal timing rhythm, very good. Um, and then you're, you're in a different stage because you've studied um, a lot of nutrition. You're learning your body a lot more. Now you're in the stage of, of basically testing and refining and finding your real go-to things that work for your body. Um, as evidenced by how your GI tract feels afterwards. So that's like the next stage is once you have structure, now you're using awareness and experimentation to find your go-to stuff that works for you. And also along the way, have to be, we have to be gentle um, with ourselves in the sense of, listen, your body is the way it is. Your immune system is the way it is. Your skin color is the way it is. Like you're born with these things or, or stuff happened, but like, this is your exact lot. I'm sorry. You can't have blueberries, but I think coming to deep acceptance of that is going to be a very powerful and good thing for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still strange to me. However, it is what it is. And, and there's a hyper awareness that I have to when I put things in, um, watching the, the path over the next, like, 12 to 20 hours mm -hmm. and I'll put one thing in like I'll eat at noon but I won't eat dinner mm -hmm. because I want to know like okay I'm introducing something new tomorrow all right I'm only going to eat that tomorrow so that I can I know that this thing in 24 hours or 12 hours or whatever it might be this is what the reaction is or this is the result of and it seems to be working I mean except when I drop bombs like ice cream at 10 o'clock you know yeah. like yeah. that's it is what it is that was my choice um, one last thing I want to talk about is focus. So, um, and something interesting you said to me, which was sometimes you need a little bit of a, uh, a bridge gap 
or a gap bridge. Mm-hmm. However you say that. Yeah. To get yourself to that next season when you're in a season and you just, you need something just to get you to that next place. Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate that between, you know, uh, a crutch or something that you become dependent on and just using it for a specific season and only that season? I would say if you can, if you can look at the three areas of sleep, nutrition, exercise, and you can confidently say in integrity that you have good systems and there's not massive improvements to be made in those areas. And yet you still feel like you're in a place where you're stretched and you need a little more help on focus. That's when you turn to supplements like nootropics to help you bridge the gap in a short period of time. Um, I think if there's big improvements in any of those three core areas, Like you need to work on those first because what you ultimately may end up doing is creating another crutch instead of a bridge, another thing that you feel like you depend on. And now you're even more confused because you still don't feel great because these things aren't magic. And now you, you start to go down the rabbit hole of trying more things and more things when you need to establish a clean baseline. It's like, you got to get the background noise out first, and then you can start to add these things on top. But this is really important. I I think it is nothing. If you look at anything and you say it's bad or it's good, I think it's a, it's a short-sighted and, and small-minded way of, of looking at things when in the bigger picture, yeah. it's like, how does this stuff play? There's a period of time where maybe you're taking some Adderall or maybe taking some nootropic to get through some stuff. And if, if, and if it's in the overall context, that could make sense for somebody. What's a nootropic? Explain that to people who don't know. Nootropic is a, is a fancy word that basically means cognitive boosting supplements, supplements that improve your memory, your attention, and your energy levels an overall well sense of well-being there are many different kinds some are very fast acting like you take them and you have an effect in some respects like something like an adderall or an amphetamine can be a nootropic in the short term but it's actually neurotoxic in the long term um, there's other nootropics that you take for a long period of time like some of these mushrooms um, that over time build up in the system and give you give you better memory and focus i think a lot of people are addicted to feeling the the hit of these things, you know, the caffeine yeah. rush or the stimulant rush. Um, and not all nootropics are stimulants. Some nootropics are stimulants, but other nootropics are just generally providing your brain with some stuff it needs to for good functioning. So in, in, in my opinion, you know, things like eggs that are super rich in choline, choline is the backbone of one of your brain's main neurotransmitters. A lot of these nootropics are, are co- have, are, have choline based formulations, you know, eggs can be nootropic in, in a certain sense. Um, and I think there's a, there's a couple classes of these nootropics. Some of them are uh, more naturally derived, and there's other ones that are a lot more lab-made. Um, and it's a whole big game that if we want to talk about, we could definitely do a specific episode on it. Yeah. Um, I'll say the best nootropic possible, though, is a good circadian rhythm, good nutrition, regular <laughs> movement. It's the truth. Fair. That's fair, man. That's, uh, that's fair. And not, not, not a sexy have- answer, but yeah. No, but it, but it makes perfect sense because it's, it's the natural rhythm, mm-hmm. it's just a natural rhythm, but also it's not, cause I've been beating myself up. I'm like, man, since I got off of testosterone replacement, uh, my focus, my attention has just been off yeah. and I don't feel that like intensity anymore in my brain that I was feeling before. And, um, and so I understand that if I do go to an Adderall, a nootropic, like if I do go to those things, I set a period of time I'm using them. I have discipline and I have integrity to the commitment of how many I'm going to take a day or what I'm going to use it for or when I'm going to take it and when I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest piece here. Like yep. obviously 
it's not it's not the best like you always say there's listen you're going to have the high but they're all it has to counterbalance with the low there's going to be a low side to it too as long as there's an understanding of that and it's not being abused like it's a season it's not a lifetime commitment it's yep. a season and wrap your head around that have integrity to your word your commitment of only going to use this for two months get some things done i need to get done and roll out of it yeah and that's well okay. said yeah well said right. and, and with that mindset things become tools instead of prisons right yeah, like, so or crutches yeah yep yeah because that's the thing i was afraid of i was even so by the way we were talking about domains earlier if you're like if, if for those of you that know our programs we have a thing called the 10 life domains one of those domains is inner circle if your inner circle is going out to mcdonald's and chick-fil-a every night if your inner circle is smoking cigarettes and drinking all weekend and partying until 3 a.m you may need to change your inner circle if you want to change the habits inside of you you're in my inner circle and so asking you about a nootropic or adderall like it was a little uncomfortable for me because I, I want to, I don't want to be the guy in the circle that is, uh, is relying on outside things to help me internally. Mm -hmm. However, I also want to be the guy in the inner circle that's honest and open and upfront and talking to my other inner circle dudes and saying, Hey, I'm having this challenge. You're an expert. Um, I'm not afraid of being judged about it, but I do want your opinion. So that still goes, that still was going through my mind. Like, fuck, what if he, what if he's like, dude, fuck off, man. Don't, you're going to be dependent on like, Mm -hmm. which you wouldn't do. You never have elicited any of that. I just, mm -hmm. I think about that. So this is a, an important key is that your inner circle needs to be holding you at a very high standard. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not holding yourself to that sometimes, which I'm not saying I'm not, I'm just saying you're, you're going to slip sometimes and your inner circle is going to be there to grab you and go, no, 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 no. Stay right there. We got you, dude. Even when you don't have the confidence in you, we do. And so um, I appreciate you going, look, it, it's, it's your call. However you use it, it's how you use it. Here's the responsible way. And you know, the irresponsible way, make a choice. Yeah. And so on that, on that last thing, and first off respect, bro. Um, I also speak yeah. from personal experience. There was a period of time where I used some of that stuff to in, in my, in my twenties to get through work. So it's like, the cool thing is like when we put our dirty laundry out and what we think is dirty laundry, it's like, Hey, here's mine. You know, we all got the same <laughs> right, stuff. Right. right? <laughs> so that, and I'll say on the last thing with, with stimulants, um, I think it's important yeah. when you do, if you were to do something like Adderall to take melatonin at night, take some vitamin mm -hmm. C after the fact, which helps the body uh, metabolize some of these amphetamines um, and in a good B vitamin stack, which I'm sure you're also taking and some magnesium. So C, B vitamins, melatonin, magnesium. These are, these are ways to, to help make the amphetamines um, less dangerous on the body over the long haul. Good point. Really good point. Okay. Um, we will put the list you just gave melatonin, magnesium, vitamin C and B vitamins. We're going to put that in the show notes for anybody Perfect. who's wondering like me, but I'm going to text you about it. Mm. Not everybody gets to text you. So let's put it in the show notes, whatever you share with me, I'll share with the audience. Perfect. And, uh, and that's it. Our done. Nice one. <laughs> Another great one. Looking forward to coming back soon. Um, thanks for having me here, Absolutely. brother. And it was, it was wonderful getting to spend time in person. Yeah, man. Audience, I hope you enjoyed it. Any questions you have, you can find Dr. B, AB, Dr. A, whatever you want to call him, um, at fitfatherproject.com, on social media, fitfatherproject, fitmotherproject. How else do you want people to get a hold of you? Those places. That's find it. me there. Those places. <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, you need to. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next one.